You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.pagosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.pagosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of April 23rd, 2017. The podcast that takes a little trip with me. This is your host, Shane Killian, and joining us this week is Chris Hangartner. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? Before we begin, there's been another addition to the great deals you can get from us at Amazon. Go to music.bogosity.tv and get a free month of Amazon Music Unlimited. Listen to Amazon's entire library of 10 million songs, ad-free and with unlimited skips, and even download to listen offline. Listen free for 30 days by going to music.bogosity.tv. Okay, let's breakyate the news of the bogus. So now apparently the SJWs are turning their attention to racist computer algorithms. Yes, not only are people and cultures inherently racist, apparently computers are too. It couldn't possibly be a perceptual problem on their part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, computers don't have a reign to commit to be racist people. Take Zoe Kleinman, technology reporter for BBC News. She says, quote, Try searching online for an image of hands or babies using any of the big search engines, and you're likely to find largely white results. Really? When you're in a largely white society, say it ain't so! Yeah. Because, I mean, if I recall correctly, Google often will give you results based on your area locations. Yeah, and they also, they track you, uh, even if you don't log in, but if you do log in, they have even more information, and so they're trying to give you results that are most relevant to you. I know, that's actually why every time I go online on YouTube and the ads play, 90% of the time there's some sort of political ad. Yeah. Whereas if you had some kind of ad blocker or something where you were turning off all of the tracking cookies or anything, you just get more generic ads like they'd be giving to everyone. Yeah. And it might not be tailored to the things you're interested in. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, you know, computers aren't racist people. I mean, it, they can, in theory, be programmed to be racist, but that's still the programmer. But I do think it's funny that she has this screenshot and the text under it says it's of, quote, only white babies but there's one black baby and one baby that looks Latino or Arab or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But she mentions the Algorithmic Justice League. Yes, that's actually a thing. Oh. And it's not from DC Comics. Not a big fan of the Justice League, to be honest. But this is what this stupid woman who founded it, who is black, said about facial recognition software. Quote, I found that wearing a white mask because I have very dark skin made it easier for the system to work. I was amused that the white mask worked so well. Yeah, that couldn't possibly have anything to do with increased contrast, could it? Hey. Like maybe she needs better lighting or something? By this point, the SJWs have done so many stupid stuff, I don't even comment anymore because it's like... I've seen it all already. Yeah. First, they claim video games are racist. Then they claim music's racist. Then they claim that dishwashers are racist. And yet, one of their complaints about that Pepsi ad was that they were showing people who were Muslim or whatever, and that was pandering or something like that. Eh, it was a bad commercial, to be honest. I actually kind of liked it. 
I mean, all commercials are kind of bad. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. People, Coca-Cola did a commercial like that, and it was ten times more cringy than the Pepsi one. Oh, God, with that song, I can't sing it because it's copyrighted, but I'd like to teach the world to sing. And all the hippies started singing it, and yes, it's harmony. And all it was was a bunch of people standing on a hill with Coke cans. Yeah. It's like, we got a bunch of people to stand on a hill with Coke cans. Aren't we great? Whereas this... And, okay, I mean, it's simplistic, but it's a commercial. What do you expect? But, you know, the thing was that woman, you know, reaching across to the policeman, you know, offering him a Pepsi, and there's something, well, they're saying a Pepsi will solve all our problems. Well, no, I think the message is just let's reach across the aisle to people we're opposed to and see them as human beings. Yeah, I think there was actually a similar incident like that in Vietnam where the U.S. Uh, National Guard showed up to try to quell, you know, anti-Vietnam War protests. Now, previously, there most of the Vietnam War protests had been violent in that particular month, but to the National Guardsmen's surprise, one guy actually walked up to them and he actually inserted flowers down the barrels of their rifles. Yeah, I've heard of that. That was something the hippies did a lot. They'd go and, you know, offer the policemen or military, whoever, they give them flowers. There was also that one point in World War One. it's kind of a famous story, where the American forces and the German, or maybe it was the British forces and the German forces, they were just so bored because nothing was going on, they went out in no man's land and played soccer with each other. Oh yeah, <laughs> they would even sometimes sign little mini non-aggression packs with each other saying, look, we're both tired of the shelling and bombardment, so here's the deal, you don't fire any shells at us, we won't fire any shells at you, and we can just go on, and they would follow it. Well, getting back to the story... Of course they have to go into the irrelevancy of Google just having 1% black tech staff and Microsoft just having 2.7% black. No comparison at all to the percentage of qualified people who applied for these jobs, of course. That's another thing with SJWs. They don't like to put it into statistical evaluations. Yep. You always have to ask the question, compared to what? So Kleiman writes, quote, On a more serious note, AI software used in the U.S. to predict which convicted criminals might reoffend was found to be more likely to incorrectly identify black offenders as high risk and white offenders as low risk. And for support, she cites a very dubious study, completely credulously. Yeah, and look, I'm not trying to sound racist or anything, but the truth is... The majority of violent crimes in America are caused by African Americans, even though they only make, you know, like 10% of our population. Yeah, and what you have here is a conflation of prior probability and likelihood ratio. We're not saying that it should go into your evaluation of whether someone is guilty or innocent, which will be a question of likelihood ratio. But in terms of prior probability, that's what we're stuck with. And denying that's just denying reality. And I will say this, you know, and we always say this over and over again, it's so funny how SJWs want the state to get involved when all the problems with minorities are because of the state. Now, her only mention of the response of the software firm in question, North Point, was this brief little parenthetical, just completely dismissive, without so much as a link to it, so her readers don't get to see that Jeff Larson and other researchers of this study failed to even do a base rate comparison. And we link to it, by the way, and you see, Kleinman, that's how you do real journalism. Yeah, but by their definition, if you do real journalism, you're fake news. Yeah. Now, in fairness, there probably is a real problem underneath all this social justice bluster. Since these are being developed in a predominantly white culture, they probably should do a better job of getting higher sample sizes for people of different races so you can have the same kind of statistical recognition that you can with whites 
But Kleinman has done nothing to show that there's any problem here except things like photographic contrast and her misunderstanding of statistics. Mm-hmm. So it's really sad that someone like her is writing for one of the biggest news agencies in the world. Yeah, well, the BBC has lost a lot of its credibility these past couple decades, so... Yeah. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Do you have children? Or nieces or nephews? Are you homeschooling? Or just want to counter some of the socialist indoctrination most children get in school? If so, go to bogosity.tv slash tuttletwins and you'll be taken to a website where you can get some great books for elementary age children. The Tuttle Twins books are books about liberty and free market economics that include children's versions of Bastiat's The Law, Leonard Reed's I Pencil, and Hayek's The Road to Serfdom, as well as books about the Federal Reserve and how regulations protect business cronies. They'll learn about the harm caused by eminent domain, or regulations passed in the name of safety, and fundamental concepts of liberty. And as you can see from the sample pages on the website, they're all easy to read and nicely illustrated. They're just $9.99 a piece, or get a special discount as well as free bonuses when you purchase all five. You can even buy in bulk to donate to schools and local libraries. So get the Tuttle Twins books at bogosity.tv slash Tuttle Twins. In the midst of the WikiLeaks Vault 7 revelations, as well as other leaks and breaches like Celebrite and Shadow Brokers, which we'll talk about in a minute, there's one truth that stands out above it all. Governments, even or maybe especially big governments like the United States, will get hacked. Foreign governments, hacker groups, and criminal organizations can get these powerful tools of espionage and cyber attack, and government appears to do little, if anything, to clean up the mess. I mean, if you look at something like, and I mean, the reason why they're going after this is, of course, they're such big, juicy targets for hackers. LastPass is also a big, juicy target, and so, you know, every now and then, in fact, recently, there's been a spate of, like, two or three different vulnerabilities that security researchers have found in LastPass, but that's because there's they're this big target, and they're kind of on everyone's radar. The difference is, LastPass fixes these problems within a day. Government never does. They just seem to double down and keep going the way they're going. According to Amnesty International technologist Claudia Guarnieri, quote, what we learned from the disclosures and leaks of the last months is that unknown vulnerabilities are maintained secret even after they've been clearly lost, and that is plain irresponsible and unacceptable. Again, contrasting it with LastPass, which fixes them in a day. Yeah. And it's not just governments, but corporations like Celebrite, one of the biggest mobile phone forensic firms out there, a hacker released a whole cache of files proving intrusions into Android, iOS, and BlackBerry devices and said, quote, it's important to demonstrate that when you create these tools, they will make it out. History should make that clear. Oh, yeah. And then there's Shadow Brokers, which is a hacker group that just released a bunch of Windows exploits they obtained from the NSA, as well as exploits for Unix-based systems and even hardware firewalls. I mean, it's the height of naivete to think the governments can keep all of these hacking tools safe and it's downright idiocy to think that it's okay to just give them a back door into our encrypted communications and just assume no hacker will ever get hold of it, because chances are they will. Yeah, but it's in the name of national security. Well, that excuses everything. Oh, yep. Yeah. 
If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.bogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pagosity.tv. So this next one is a cops behaving badly story, and we really only do those when there's something unusual about them. In this case, the unusual thing is that federal agent Norman Conley's claim of qualified immunity has been rejected by the courts, so let's see what it takes for that to actually happen. That rarely happens. Yeah. It all started when police arrested and detained Joanne Davis for theft of, get this, a moon rock. A moon rock she got from her husband who was given them as souvenirs when he worked on the Apollo space program. And by the way, Davis is 74 years old and less than 5 feet tall, so not someone who's really a threat to your average cop. Oh, but Shane, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> and she wasn't armed either. Yeah, well, have you seen an old person? Trust me, they may look old and weak, but they're shifty. <laughs> At least that's what an FBI guy will say. Now, there's nothing illegal about owning a moon rock, but according to Kevin Underhill of Lowering the Bar, quote... If you have or even claim to have any lunar material or some other piece of Apollo memorabilia, the government is quite likely to treat you as a criminal if it finds out, even if, as in this case, it had no proof at all that the suspect got it illegally or even that it was what she claimed. So they found out about her possession of this moon rock after a thorough and intense investigation. Okay, I lie. It was when she told people she had it. She was looking to sell it and another souvenir, a part of a heat shield, to help cover the cost of her son's medical expenses. She checked in with NASA to make sure it was okay to do so, and apparently NASA called the feds on her. <sighs> Why? It's just a frickin' rock. Davis and her 70-year-old friend Paul Silly were grabbed at a Denny's restaurant, according to the opinion of the Ninth Circuit Appeals Court, quote, Conley announced himself as a special agent, and another officer's hand reached over Davis, grabbed her hand, and took the Moonrock paperweight. Simultaneously, a different officer grabbed Silly by the back of the neck and restrained him by holding his arm behind his back in a bent-over position. Then, an officer grabbed Davis by the arm, pulling her from the booth. At this time, Davis claims that she felt like she was beginning to lose control of her bladder. One of the officers took her purse. Both Silly and Davis were compliant. Four officers escorted them to the restaurant parking lot for questioning after panning them down to ensure that neither was armed. And I should mention that the way this happened was Conley was pretending to be a guy named Jeff who wanted to buy the moon rock. Oh yeah, that's, that's totally not entrapment. Yeah. So, it gets worse, quote, Davis claims that she told officers twice during the escort that she needed to use the restroom but that they did not answer and continued walking her toward an SUV where Conley was waiting. Davis subsequently urinated in her clothing. 
Although their accounts differ in some respects, Conley and Davis agree that he knew she was wearing urine-soaked pants as he interrogated her in the restaurant parking lot. Davis claims that she was not allowed an opportunity to clean herself or change her clothing, despite communicating to Conley several times that she was very uncomfortable. Conley then proceeded to question Davis for one and a half to two hours, during which time Davis remained standing in the same place. Well, of course they don't want her to be comfortable because people who are comfortable often know their rights and are more willing to be resistant. They want a confession. But Conley needed backup, apparently feeling threatened by a 5-foot, 74-year-old woman who just peed her pants. Quote, <laughs> While Conley questioned her, another officer wearing a flak jacket stood behind her and pushed her each time she shifted her weight or stepped backwards. During the questioning, Conley kept Davis's purse and car keys and told her repeatedly that they still really want to take you in and that she needed to give them more information before he could release her. She was kept from going to her car. At least 90 minutes had passed when Conley told Davis she was free to leave. I... So what ultimately happened? Quote, after the sting operation was complete and NASA lunar experts were able to confirm the Moonrock's authenticity, Conley opened a full investigation. The investigation was closed when the U.S. attorney in Orlando, Florida, formally declined to prosecute Davis. Davis's son died seven months after the incident. Oh. Yeah, because she wasn't able to get the money to pay for what he needed. But we need government to look after the welfare of the people. Yeah, this is what happens. So according to the appeals court, the reason Conley's qualified immunity defense was denied was because of Conley himself. Quote, at the time of the detention, Conley was aware of several facts that colored the reasonableness of his actions. First, Conley knew that Davis was a slight elderly woman who was then nearly 75 years old and less than 5 feet tall. Second, he knew that Davis lost control of her bladder during the search and was wearing visibly wet pants. Third, he knew that Davis and Silly were unarmed and that the search warrant had been fully executed by the time Davis was escorted to the parking lot. Fourth, Conley knew that Davis had not concealed possession of the paperweights, but rather had reached out to NASA for help in selling the paperweights. Finally, because all but the first of the phone calls between Davis and Jeff were recorded, Conley knew the exact content of most of these conversations, including that Davis was experiencing financial distress as a result of having to raise grandchildren after her daughter died, her son was severely ill and required expensive medical care, and Davis needed a transplant. Those conversations also revealed Davis's desire to sell the paperweights in a legal manner and her belief that she possessed them legally because they were a gift from her late husband. Because the Moonrock paperweight had been seized and both Davis and Silly had already been searched for other weapons and contraband, Conley had no law enforcement interest in detaining Davis for two hours while she stood wearing urine-soaked pants in a restaurant's parking lot during the lunch rush. This is precisely the type of unusual case involving special circumstances that lead us to conclude that a detention is unreasonable. Conley's detention of Davis, an elderly woman, was unreasonably prolonged and unnecessarily degraded. In other words, if Conley didn't want to be sued for violating Davis's civil liberties, he probably shouldn't have gone to such great lengths to violate so many of them. I wouldn't necessarily say it's entirely his fault, because the truth is, I've actually heard from some inside sources that there is a lot of pressure on both local and federal agents that, you know, you gotta make this arrest regardless of how clear that the person's not a threat. So I think Connolly's just acting the way he was trained to act. Yeah, it's all about the number of arrests, the number of prosecutions, and the number of convictions. 
Yep. Not about who's guilty or innocent. Yep, even though a lot of police and federal agencies claim that they don't have quotas, there's been secret tapes which reveal that their own chiefs say, okay, by the end of the year, you gotta have this amount of tickets and this amount of arrests, and if you're not, you're gonna get in serious trouble. As much of an a-hole Connolly is, he wasn't just a random act, he was a guy that was trained to be an a-hole. Now, in my opinion, she should sue NASA as well. They had no cause to even call the feds on this in the first place, but... At least now we can see that, far from being the benign science organization so many so-called skeptics make them out to be, they're just another bunch of authoritarian thugs. Oh yeah, even though they did do some pretty good stuff in the past, now they're just a bureaucratic government agency. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're still doing some good stuff, but the good stuff is being done by, you know, the low-ranking engineers who were working for a bunch of authoritarian thugs. Yeah. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to increase the prescription on the eyeglasses of this week's Biggest Bogani Meter. And this is just a shining example of how you can never, ever, ever please feminists and social justice warriors. Oh, this is the Doctor Who story. Yep. I don't know about anyone else, but I loved the season premiere last week. I haven't seen the newer Doctor Who. I kind of stopped watching after David Tennant left. Ah, uh, you missed a lot of great stuff. You can't just marry yourself to one doctor. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm sorry. I honestly didn't like the 11th doctor, to be honest. I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff there. Anyway, and I especially enjoyed the new companion, Bill Potts, played by Pearl Mackey. And really, she's everything not only a companion should be, but just a character in a TV show in general. I mean, she's smart, clever, well-rounded, but also, you know, has a vulnerability, too. Now, who could possibly have a problem with that? Well... Apparently, feminist activists like Julie Bendel. See, they just sort of dropped it in the show, kind of in passing that Bill is a lesbian. It was just a little character moment when she, at her job as a lunch lady, flirted with a female student. And it came about pretty organically. Stephen Moffat had originally written it as her flirting with a guy, but it's one of those things that it didn't really seem to work, and he discussed it with Mackie, and they tried this and tried that. And then nothing worked until he changed the student to female, and for whatever reason, that just seemed to fit. And Ronnie's like that sometimes. You make that change, and then it works, and you don't really know why. But you'd think feminists would like having a lesbian character in a prominent show popular all over the world. But not Bendel. Quote, 
This is something that is clearly done for the benefit of those who just think of it as girl-on-girl titillation. I don't want to have representations of lesbians, which is all about sexism, double entendres, and sexualized behavior. It's just taking two women and using the blueprint of sexist heterosexuality. Apparently she hasn't stopped to think that it may have titillated some female viewers as well. Yeah, classic example of Catch-22. There's no lesbian characters. You guys are homophobic. What? There's a lesbian character? You only have them in there because it's for sexual appeal. That's more of a Morton's Fork than Catch-22, but yeah. Yeah, and actually the scene couldn't have been any less titillating. She was relating a story... And the flirting was just like these little quick edits in flashback. And it was a nice little moment where her vulnerability as a character came across. It was a nice little character moment. So, I mean, I haven't seen this episode. Basically, the way you're describing it is basically she wasn't even, you know, flaunting about how she was. uh, Oh, no. She was just, you know, mentioning, you know, how she flirted with this one female. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the woman she was flirting with was overweight. So isn't that supposed to be a good thing as well? (laughs) Yeah. And... It's an interracial attraction as well, because Bill is black. Although she wasn't the first black companion. No, and for people who say, no, the first black companion was Martha Jones, well, Mickey Smith says, what am I, the tin dog? (laughs) Yeah. On a related note, I have to throw some brickbats at this Sun article, because they call Bill, quote, the doctor's first gay assistant, because apparently everyone's forgotten about Captain Jack Harkness. Yeah, well... Technically, in the show, he wasn't gay. I mean, the actor who played him is gay, but in the show, he was... He was kind of everything. Yeah, basically, he would he would sleep with anything, you know? There's actually a rule called the Harkness Rule, which is, is it sexually mature for its age? Does it have human intelligence? And can it um, willingly consent? And if it's yes to all three, go for it. Yeah. Although, in the show, he did have a particular leaning towards men, but yeah, he admitted he'd sleep with anything. Now, the article also quotes Sebastian J. Brook, editor of Doctor Who Online, saying, quote... The fact that we have our first proper LGBT companion character is great. River Song says, check your records again, sweetie. (laughs) That's another awesome moment you missed by not watching Matt Smith. Oh. But really, what is Bendel trying to do here? I mean, finally, you have a character that young lesbians can identify with. Smart, funny, brave woman who just happens to be like them in some way. It's just kind of slipped in there. Not really made a big deal of. Bendel is sending the message to them that their whole life is about titillation, as if they don't struggle enough with their sexuality as it is. Yeah, it's ending up going to hurt the LGBT community. There was this one person who's a transsexual, but they are, you know, anti-SJW, and they do lean more towards the right, and they say one of the biggest things they hate about the LGBT SJWs is that there are people who are gay and all that that are legitimately struggling with their sexuality, but thanks to the SJW movement, everyone views gays as those whiny people that complain when you misgender them, and that's actually going to hurt people, you know, who are legitimately having issues with their sexuality. Well, and how much less likely is a TV show now to have another lesbian character after this has happened oh yeah and then they're gonna throw oh see you're a bunch of homophobes yeah you can't win with these people yeah sjw's are wondering you know why can't you respect you know our feelings it's like because you don't even know what the hell you want yep and that's why julie bendel is this week's biggest bug on emitter bogosity.tv gives you great ways to shop at amazon Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Bogosity.tv and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. Or go to Prime.Bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrow Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. 
And speaking of Kindle, go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited. Read over 1 million books and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. Or go to home.bogosity.tv to try Amazon Home Services. Over a thousand different services from quality hand-picked pros, from house cleaning to equipment and furniture assembly, plumbing, electrical, painting, and other handyman services, all backed by Amazon's happiness guarantee. And as always, check the right-hand side of the podcast page for special Amazon deals. And now let's stick a kick me sign on the back of this week's Idiot Extraordinary. And this week it goes to Burger King for an advertisement that backfired in a way so beautiful it's almost art. We've talked before about the problems of accidentally triggering voice-activated devices like Amazon Echo or Google Assistant or even Google Now and Siri. Well... Burger King decided to do it on purpose. The ad ended with the presenter saying, Okay, G-word, what is the Whopper Burger? So that any Google device like Google Home or an Android phone would read out a description of the hamburger's ingredients. I just gotta ask, um, did you say G-word because the, the word, hey, Google is copyrighted? Well, no, I didn't want to activate anyone's device. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. we oh. talked about. The thing is... People don't like having their devices triggered like this. And they especially don't like it when it's done on purpose. Google didn't care for it either, so they specifically disabled the activation of this recording. And if you ask it of your device, it'll take you to the results, but it won't read out the definition. Yeah, because Google, when it reads the description, it often gets its information from like Wikipedia or other sources that can be easily edited. And apparently... it. According to the to the article, not only do people not like having it activated, but some people were trolling Burger King by editing the Wikipedia. Well, the problem was Burger King went in and edited their own page so that the first sentence had all the ingredients in it. That's not necessarily a bad thing in and of itself, but editing your own page is considered very bad form by Wikipedia editors, and doing it deliberately like that is just asking for trouble. So yeah, they went and immediately changed the Wikipedia page so it included ingredients like cyanide and toenail clippings. Yeah, or, or rat meat. <laughs> yeah. Now, more recent Android phones can avoid problems like this. You can set up a trusted voice so that only you can trigger Google Now. And they're working on a similar feature for Google Home, but that's more challenging since the device is designed to be used by several different people in a household. Well, have we learned, Burger King? It's good to be internet savvy, but it's even better to have what we used to call netiquette. And it's their colossal failure to do that that earns Burger King the title of this week's Idiot Extraordinary. Well, that wraps up this. I can see why she's divorced. She's very divorceable. As soon as you meet her, you can't wait to take her to court to get rid of her. Edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv and feel free to send a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail, or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. 
Thank you for listening, and thanks to Chris Hangarner for joining me. Yeah, it's good to be back. Until next time, here's a quote from Newton Lee. Journalists should be watchdogs, not lapdogs. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution on Commercial Low Derivatives 4.0 International License. Bogosity. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationists' own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not, based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon, and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again. This might get a little off topic, but the reason why this whole hacking controversy pisses me off is because, look, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I support Donald Trump, but I, I'm willing to bet that if Michael Flynn hadn't been forced to resign for bogus charges, there's a good chance we probably wouldn't be bombing Syria and threatening to go to war with North Korea. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm not supporting Donald Trump, I don't really like him, but I kind of think the deep state got to Donald Trump. Yeah. That I think it's clear. Yeah, it's pretty clear, you know, I mean, this is a guy, you know, who was preaching against anti-corruption and all that, and he actually kind of sounded like he really wanted it, and then what happened shortly after he gets into office, um, 90% of his original choice of staff is forced to resign, and it's getting replaced with neocons. Yep. It's sad, I liked Michael Flynn, you know, that guy was one of the few military generals that actually understood that you can't bomb other nations to get a peaceful country. Yeah, you can't have peace by dropping bombs, imagine that, radical idea. Yeah, but then of course he gets accused saying, oh, he was talking with a Russian ambassador, he violated the Logan Act. Oh, for crying. Oh, yeah, do you even know when that law was written? No. Or the fact that basically everyone in government considers it to be unconstitutional. Yeah, how dare he talk to a foreign government and try to tell them to calm down and not take drastic measures in response to a certain accusation. What's the point of an ambassador? Yeah, I know. Interesting four years we've got yep. coming up. You know, you're just sitting there listening to a podcast or watching a video or something, and then all of a sudden your device activates. That's kind of annoying when that happens. I've had it activate when they didn't even say anything resembling okay G word, and it's like, what was that? And then I'd back it up, it would get to that same point, and it would activate my phone again, and it's like, why did it activate on that? Yeah, when I had a smartphone, one of the biggest problems with me, because I often use my smartphone as my GPS when delivering pizzas, and AT&T kept sending me these completely meaningless updates that were of no importance, and yeah. and they didn't stop until finally I got so angry, I literally, like, you know, it was probably an automatic thing, but I don't know if they actually read it or something and i basically just said stop sending me these fucking texts i think anytime there's something like that if you send a text back to them and the first word is stop i think it automatically stops it yeah but yeah that's annoying like that that's why i'm never going to get a phone from the carrier again because of all their stupid apps they put on there
I'm kind of mixed on this one. Why are you mixed? Because on one hand, you know, like you said, Burger King made a really stupid decision, but I tend to think that the idiot extraordinaire should belong to someone who not only espouses idiocy, but they kind of actually believe in it to a T. 